Hi, and welcome to the South Central PA Mom Fireflies and Whoopie Pie Podcast, where we discuss motherhood, local events, and everything in between right here in South Central PA. So sit back, grab a coffee a while, and settle in for the show. Hi, everyone. Welcome back. This week, we are with Emily, one of our contributors. Thanks for coming, Emily. Absolutely. Thank you so much for having me. Um, so for those of us who are not familiar, Emily is one of our contributors, but she also has a lot of really exciting stuff going on besides writing for us. So why don't you tell us a little bit about that? Definitely. Um, so I have, I I wear a lot of hats. Uh, I'm a professional writer, which is a lot of fun. Obviously I love writing here. I'm also the lead writer for a women's business and lifestyle magazine called Grit and Goals. We're pretty new. We're just wrapping up our first year in publication. So that's been a great experience. I also am a freelance journalist and I wrote a psychological thriller that I'm currently shopping around publishers. My big goal for 2024 I'm a part-time school librarian. I am a model as well. I'm mostly model wedding dresses and boots, actually. <laughs> so it's got <laughs> one end of the spectrum to the other. Um, I'm a mom. I have an almost six-year-old daughter named Brielle, who is my absolute best friend. And I also can't forget, I currently hold the title of Mrs. Ireland Continental Worldwide. I was Mrs. Pennsylvania in that system last year. And I placed top five to the international title in my system in August in Salt Lake City, Utah, and walked away Mrs. Ireland. So this is my first time with a national title, and it's been really cool. Oh, and I'm a professional, uh, I can't use the actual Disney-affiliated name, but I'm a professional princess, and I've been portrayed the ice queen for nearly a decade now. Uh, I typically do it as a way to give back to the community. I very rarely accept money for gigs. I believe every child should be able to have a princess at their parties or come to their school. Back before COVID, I visited some hospitals. Today I was in a parade and I got to be the ice queen, really being careful with (laughs) my verbiage here. Um, and I'm doing another gig Monday at a school where I used to teach. So it's just, it's been a real blessing being, I, ironically, my own daughter is completely unimpressed with all of this. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's, it's like, it's like normal. My mom's like a rock star. So what? She'll, she'll see me walk down. She's like, yeah, so again today. I mean, ice queen. Oh man. She's, <laughs> she's like, oh. <laughs> don't come for me, Disney. I'm just trying to give back. <laughs> That's your whole thing, right? But so yeah, I'm uh, I I stay I stay pretty busy and I, I try very hard to keep a clean house on top of that. I can't promise that happens, but you know, I'm trying. <laughs> um so that's you definitely have a lot going on. Does that make it hard like getting ready for the holidays? Oh my gosh, yeah. Like so hard. So so hard. I'm uh, very backed up in my queue right now of articles that I I'm trying to get out the door before Thanksgiving. Um, I also work as a spokesmodel for a local business. And like, if there's nobody to cover their store, I go in and I man the store. I host all of their events. And I'm also ramp certified, which means I can legally serve alcohol in the state of Pennsylvania because I used to work at a winery. So I host events for them. I do everything. (laughs) So So how do you, how do you, uh, do you have like a system for when you're getting ready, uh, when you're juggling all this? 
prayer, wine, coffee. I mean, I've got like a little tag team situation going on. Um, no, I just kind of try to give myself grace and I try to remind myself that, uh, perfection is an illusion. And as long as we're showing up and doing our best, like that is what our kids will remember. And Mm -hmm. they're like, they remember failures. They're going to watch that and be like, okay, but how did they pick themselves up afterwards? Or did they? And they're going to remember that process. So whenever Mm -hmm. I have something going on, I try to remember that my daughter is watching and it's okay if I don't nail it. Yeah. Yeah. And, um, this, they're not going to have anything to compare it to either. You know, I think that for us as parents, like we're comparing it to our memories, but this is, this is their life. They don't have, you know, oh, well, this is what mommy's Thanksgiving was like to compare it to, you know, this is, this is what they know. That's exactly right. And I think that the holidays can absolutely exacerbate that level of stress because, you know, some of us, I'm sure a lot of moms on the collective, you know, work in some type of retail related job where, you know, if you're teaching or working many types of jobs, you know, you have this big chunk of a break where you can reset and try to rest. But if you're a nurse, if you're in retail, if you're, you know, all, there are all these other professions where you don't get a break for the holidays. Mm -hmm. You're lucky if you can even share a meal together. Oh yeah. And like, I'm, I'm glad to see at least in the retail sphere, it kind of moving away from that I've noticed this year, but I mean, the past, what, five years, it's like Target, Walmart, everything. Like they were open on Thanksgiving. Thanksgiving Day. And mm-hmm. it's it's a shame that this time as a family is not as prioritized um, in American culture. I, my caveat to that is I do firmly and officially <laughs> want to say that I respect people who may have tense family situations where like, yeah, I'll work. Like <laughs> I would have been that person 15 years ago. Um, I have an amazing, this is kind of what I wanted to touch on today, uh, is the importance of found family over the holidays. Um, if that is your story that, you know, you struggle with some of the, uh, shall we say branches on your family tree. Um, I have amazing parents. My sister is my soulmate. Um, I'm very blessed now, you know, with my husband, my in-laws, like we're, we are incredibly blessed. Uh, growing up, I had some issues with extended family that Thanksgiving in particular is like a trigger for me. Thanksgiving mm-hmm. to me was uh, less about faith, family, food, fun, more about misogyny and all my things getting broken by cousins who were out of control. Wow. It was so it yeah. was, um, you know, first world problems to be sure in some ways, but in other ways oh. it was very positive and it was all it was was stress. There was no joy, at least for me. And so Thanksgiving for me has this super negative connotation and association with it. And I think that now as an adult, I am trying, like I'm the girl who wants to put up my tree November 1st and just skip it all. (laughs) And my husband was really pressing me on that last weekend. He's like, what would it take to redeem this day for you? And I'm like, honestly, I need to get out of my way because what we have already has, I need to get away from that association. But then it got me thinking about how many other people I'm sure are out there who are like, we love the idea of being thankful. We are thankful for so much, but something happened way back when that makes this day hard for us because of family. So, you know, how can I speak to that and try to help people? You know what this makes me think of? Oh my gosh. It, 
<laughs> it's making me think of your article about Matthew Perry. Because mm-hmm. remember on Friends, Chandler hated Thanksgiving. <laughs> I'm I'm the girl who hates Thanksgiving. It's that's partly what like I love his character through and through. And like every I I laughed when I first saw that. I'm like, oh my gosh, that's a thing. I'm not the only person in this world. <laughs> no, but you know what was like, I feel like I don't, I mean, obviously when I was younger, I didn't appreciate this because it was just like, oh, Chandler wants, you know, mac and cheese with hot dogs in it for Thanksgiving. How silly is he? But now as an adult, I can look at that and it's like, you know what? He had trauma around Thanksgiving and his friends accepted that and they found a way to make room where he could still be involved in a way that he felt comfortable. That's exactly right. And I think just the idea of it is stressful, you know, prepping, if you are not naturally a domestic goddess, I, my mother was, is, I am not my, my idea of really, really, really like a great Thanksgiving spread would be one that I purchased from my local market. Like I have very little, uh, trust in my own culinary skills. There's nothing wrong with that though. Like that's totally yeah. okay. Exactly. And I think that that for me is like, as an adult, I am trying to learn how to free myself from expectations surrounding a day. And like, that is just something that I would want to encourage other people to do. And and also to encourage people to, you know, respect your own boundaries. If there is someone in your family that did something that caused you discomfort or worse, just because you share a bloodline doesn't mean they've earned a spot at your table. Mm-hmm. And that's a lesson I have had to learn as an adult. And that is something that I am vehemently trying to protect for my own child and mm-hmm. demonstrate to her that like, it's okay to say no. It's okay mm-hmm. to love from afar. Mm-hmm. That is an okay thing. But if somebody is really going to damage your mental health, they don't necessarily need to come to the meal. Mm-hmm. You know, that was some, there are a couple family members. I really had to put my foot down and be like, with all due respect, not in my house, not after what mm-hmm. happened. Yeah. I think that's important. And that's a valid thing. It is. And, and one thing that, um, I think you hear a lot now that you didn't, when we were growing up, like our generation is that no is a complete sentence. You don't owe anyone an explanation, you know, like if it's just like, Hey, not this year, you don't have to tell them why. If you don't feel comfortable going on like some kind of, because I mean, who knows, it might cause some huge argument or whatever, and you don't have the space to go there. You don't have to, you know, you can just say no. You can just say no and you can rest in that no. And I think it's also along with that, I think it's so important this time of year, not just with Thanksgiving, especially, you know, with Christmas, with Hanukkah coming up to look around and to see people who, you know, they're not getting those invites to go home for mm-hmm. whatever. And as long, you know, as they are safe people is that, you know, they, you, you know, why, you know, invite them in found family this time of year. You know, it can be important to those of us, obviously who have close family circles already, but to those who don't, we are everything for them. You know, and I think the idea of, you know, setting a place at the table for someone who needs that place we we really need that's something we all should be open to because you know we might have stress surrounding a day or a holiday or a season but so do a lot of other people so you know how can we work together to bless the maximum number of people this time of year yeah and i think the found family thing is 
that's a really important thing to remember too. And I think you see that a lot now of people who do like Friendsgiving. Oh yeah. <laughs> I get it's like a cute it's- punny name, but you know what? You don't even have to have a separate one. Like if Thanksgiving is going to be better for you with your group of friends, your found family, then that's what you should do. Absolutely. Absolutely. And I also think that sometimes things like like friendsgiving for example if you've experienced a loss in your family over the course of the last year something like a friendsgiving can and breaking with the traditions you know the memories of which will be bittersweet because a lot of pain because the loss is so fresh i think you know it's important to switch things up to you know try to heal and mm-hmm. i think that can for a lot of people and um you know i think it's also important to remember you know what? So what if the turkey is not awesome or the stuffing is not homemade or what the heck? Maybe you have pizza this year. What whatever. Mm-hmm. You know, people are not going to care about those things or remember those things as much as they're going to remember the time spent and the pictures taken and the memories made and all these little things that we stress about during holiday. I couldn't tell you what we ate for Christmas last year. I don't remember. I remember stressing about it <laughs> a lot. And but you I know, it's funny because those things they don't ultimately matter. Like, I mean, it, it matters if it makes you happy. But um, as an example, like there was a group of friends I was talking about um Thanksgiving with, and they were talking about how so many of them, I don't like Thanksgiving, I dread it every year. And this is it's a small thing, but it's still valid because I hate the Thanksgiving food. And I'm going, so make something else. Like no one's giving police that are going to show up and be like, Oh, you don't have a Turkey. (laughs) I, I completely agree. There's, I am not a fan of Thanksgiving food. It's just not, I just am not a fan of it. And I respect everybody who is. Um, Yeah. So for me, but like, I was thinking that I'm like, okay, so maybe this year I'll bring a chicken Caesar salad. I don't Mm -hmm. like, so I'll bring the ice cream, you know, Mm -hmm. like, and, never know you can reinvent something or bring something different that somebody else might love and be like oh my gosh I'm so glad this is here you know (laughs) know what what else I like to do for a lot of stuff like this is um look into as an example like say you hate you know the turkey and the stuffing you know whatever like look into your heritage you know for some inspiration you know like instead of doing this turkey dish like I am Portuguese so for example um, I could look up like, okay, well, we're going to make, you know, the seafood stew instead. I'm not oh, going to do that because I actually do. I, I like Thanksgiving food, but as an example. So I, uh, so a few, a couple weeks ago, it was the November 1st, the day after Halloween, um, at my school, Sacred Heart in West Reading, they, the eighth grade class does this huge Dia de los Muertos presentation where they all, you know, pick a family member, close friend, someone who has passed on. And then they oh beautiful, beautiful tribute to them. I was in absolute tears. It was, it was incredible. So one of my students this year, he made this Dominican dish that his family member loved called mangu. I'd never heard of it. It was basically mashed plantains with salami on top. It sounded so bizarre, right? It was the most delicious thing I've ever had in my life. I have a new favorite food, Anything with plantains, I want it all. Um, like literally, I keep bugging the student now. I'm like, did, did your mom make any more? Can you bring some cool? Like, I'll pay you for it. It's fine. It's delicious. It's so good. And he was like, This is what we serve instead of mashed potatoes at Thanksgiving. But just it's this different. Oh. And I'm like, 
that's cool. Can I have this recipe? Cause I don't like mashed potatoes. This is awesome. And I'd love to bring something different. And who knows, maybe I'd be the only one who, who ate it. I'd eat all of it, but like, <laughs> that's, that's okay. And it was so cool to like, see this window in a way that was honoring someone who has passed on and their culture and be like, Hey, this is how we do things. Mm-hmm. Like, oh, I love that. I love the idea of bringing your heritage, bringing your family's culture into something that is, you know, this, you know, very westernized tradition, which is great, which is awesome. But like, if you want to tweak that a bit, well, why not? All of us, you know, come from these rich, amazing, diverse backgrounds. And Mm -hmm. frankly, is that kind of what Thanksgiving was supposed to be all about? The merging of all Mm -hmm. those diverse backgrounds and cultures and lifestyles, why don't we bring that back? <laughs> yeah. I mean, if this, it's just, it's like, you don't need to, I, I guess I just don't like, there's no need to stress about that. You know, I, exactly. I get there's like the cultural expectation, but you know what? No one's going to care, you know? And that's, or I should say, if someone is going to care, if someone's going to whine because they don't get turkey and stuffing, then I mean, you're not being very grateful. And that kind of goes against the spirit of Thanksgiving. So you I, can just sit down. Right. <laughs> I, I, but then, then you know what? You can host. <laughs> That's my attitude. Like, and I just think that, um, yeah, I agree. I think that there is a very societal cultural expectation. Like the turkey has to be yay big and this crisp and this browned and the sides have to look exactly like this. And oh my gosh, is your gravy homemade? Oh, I hope it is. Like, you know, I think there's this expectation of stuff and it's like, Frankly, I would so much rather if if somebody's inviting me to their house, right? They've got kids, they've I know they've made a meal. Frankly, I don't even care what they're saying. I'm just grateful for the invite that I didn't have to cook. I hope they didn't go to the bother of cleaning for me. I hope instead they were like maybe they took a nap that day and got some rest because it's a stressful day. And I think that if we remove that stress, which I think I know I'm already feeling, a lot of us also, you know, host family you know, staying in our homes, coming from out of state, you know, that can be stressful too. And and I think that if we just tried to be like, you know what, it is what it is. I am so excited to share this with you. And this is what I have right now. I really hope you're enjoying it, but like not expect people to want any more from us than we are capable of giving. Yeah. Everyone's got different, you know, talents and different things that they, you know, can contribute. And, you know, if cooking is not your thing, you know, then you order in, but maybe you can make like a really cool tablescape. I am not good at that. I love cooking. Like I love cooking. It is totally my thing. We are actually going to Massachusetts with all my family and everyone keeps asking if they can cook. And I'm like, no, (laughs) like, no, please don't. Let me do it. But if you were to ask me to like arrange it, like where it looks nice or looks pretty, I couldn't do that. <laughs> you want to know a funny story? Like cooking makes, I wish I loved it. it. I get very, very stressed about it, but you know what I'm really good at? Dishes. I yeah. always volunteer. Oh yeah. Always do the dishes rather than cook. I much prefer doing the dishes and ironically, or maybe not everywhere I go. And I say that people are like, wait, are you serious? Like really? <laughs> Cause they would, most people I know would rather cook and I would mm-hmm. rather just up afterwards. So it kind of, whatever your skill set is and whatever, like, however you want to help is going to be helpful. Mm-hmm. Like maybe you don't cook pork, 
but you certainly don't mind, you know, coloring pictures with the kiddos. Awesome. You want to like kind of chill with them. And I've done that at family gatherings too, where, you know, mm-hmm. I just walk in and all of a sudden I'm like, and this is before my daughter, but I was, you know, I was a preschool teacher at the time. This was kind of my jam. And I just became the default babysitter. And it was amazing. The parents got to have a break all evening because yeah. I was kids. So, you know, yeah, whatever is got something to contribute. Exactly. And it doesn't have to look, frankly, it doesn't even have to look like bringing aside. just show up, be yourself mm-hmm. and whatever you're good at, give that. And if people can't be grateful for that, then why are they there? <laughs> I think another thing that everyone gets too caught up on is feeling like they have to be with everyone in their entire family. Yes, and I agree. So- it's okay to just say, you know what, we're just going to do the immediate family, which we learned yeah. this um, sort of the hard way because my husband was in the Marine Corps. And so the first year that we were at Camp Lejeune, we went back to Florida for each holiday. So like Thanksgiving, Christmas, Easter to visit all of our family members and stuff. And it was such a hassle. Like it was so much stress. It wasn't even because it was ha- like anyone was behaving badly necessarily, but having to see, oh my gosh, we've got to do two Thanksgivings in one day now because everyone wants to see us. You know, we've got to do two Christmases and two Easter's and everything was just so frenzied and stressed after that one year. I, you know, I think it was after Easter that I was like, we're not doing this anymore. I'm like, if yeah. they want to see us, they can come here. And we kept with that. Especially once we had kids, because I was like, you know what? I want my kids eating a Thanksgiving meal that I cook. I want them opening Christmas presents under our tree. Um, I am not going to run around to a million people's different houses to make everyone else happy. Um, If you want to see us, then you can come here. Even when we lived in the same place, I still, I was like, this is, mm -mm, I'm not doing that stress. So we started instead, you know, like we would meet my parents the Saturday before Christmas, as an example, you know, so that that way we didn't have to be bouncing all over the place or have 50 people in our house. Like it's okay. If you say, I just want it to be us. Nothing wrong with that. Exactly. I think it's so important to communicate your expectations and your needs. Obviously do that sooner rather than later, you know, don't wait till the day before Thanksgiving to be like, Oh, by the way, you know, like if this is something, you know, is going to be important to you, definitely communicate that. And, you know, hopefully family, friends will be able to respect that. But I I completely agree. I think it is so important that, you know, you as your family, you know, you decide, okay, this is what we're going to do. This is what we are capable of doing. This is how we're going to do things. I know that's something my husband and I have really, you know, tried to talk about because we do do that, like the two Thanksgivings and the two Christmases, but we stagger it. So like, Mm -hmm. it's not same day. My mother-in-law always does Thanksgiving the Saturday after we almost exactly like we have. So we, we kind of just created this schedule, the family, it just kind of happened over the years because, you know, as all the cousins grew up and got married and started having kids, it's like, well, you're probably going to be having Thanksgiving day itself, you know, alternating between your parents or your spouse's parents as it should be. But, you know, if auntie Brenda, my mother-in-law, you know, she likes to host as well. We'll just do that the Friday or Saturday after. It's worked mm-hmm. like a charm. A little trickier now that I am working in some retail-related businesses and that small business Saturday. But, you know, I made sure that that's where I set a boundary. It's small business Saturday. It's a small business where I work. Small businesses are my whole 
pageant platforms, supporting them, creating free advertising for them. I was like, listen, this is second Thanksgiving. My, I have a hard stop at three. I work. I work as early as you need me to, but no later than three o'clock. Mm -hmm. So I think so that goes, you have to communicate things in, in, in so far as you can to your employers too, to prioritize that. But no, if you can, if when you set those boundaries, I do think it's important. And my parents were always really incredible with this growing up, you know, guarding that nuclear family time, especially if extended family relations prove to be very stressful. There are a few extended family members um, that that became the case over the years. And it was very freeing to just be like, okay, then, then, then we're done. And, and we can be done. We are allowed to be done. We are allowed to walk away from this and do something else. It was so freeing. Mm -hmm. And I'm hopeful that it is something, you know, that my daughter will eventually be like, oh, like you said, no is a complete sentence. Yeah, that's, I was, I was gonna say, that's something that I think is really great that we're modeling for our children, like this generation. It's so much, I think, healthier um, I because you don't have to suffer through, you know, some kind of, oh, well, uncle, you know, so-and-so is, you know, my brother. So we have to go see him, even though we can't stand each other. And it's this huge fight ever. No. No, you don't. You don't have to do that. That's not healthy. It's toxic. Either work out exactly. your crap or, you know, stop doing it. <laughs> and drive exactly. your kids into it. That's exactly. I completely, I completely agree. And in my case, this particular family member had made comments that were so damaging that I made a decision to be like, not around my daughter. No way. I do not want my daughter to hear these kinds of things and associate that with truth when it's not. And then to have that color her perspective on the world, on faith, on our faith as a family. I don't want her to hear things misrepresented and being, you know, touted as true. Mm -hmm. When in reality, words hurt people and mm -hmm. people who use them to hurt people need to sit down and mm -hmm. not at your table. <laughs> Yeah. And it's, it's so funny that you, you say that too, because it's like, again, we grew up with, you know, the, oh, sticks and stones can break my bones, but you know, words can never hurt me. Yes, they can. Words they can sure. hurt you. They do hurt you. And words can hurt. It's and not words something that should be minimized. Absolutely not. Words, you know, I've, I've received a few, you know, scrapes and cuts and bruises in my life. Guess what? They're, they've, they've been gone for decades. Words, things that were said to me decades ago, are the root of my issues as an adult. And you're right. We grew up in a very different culture where like, you know, we were just kind of expected to put this tough outer shell on. And there's something to be said for, you know, being strong. Absolutely. You want to raise strong, empowered children, 1 million percent. But I also think that it is so important that we have gotten to a place where we are raising children to be able to say no to be able to say, this makes me uncomfortable, to be able to say this is wrong and to be like, I'm done. I'm not having this because we were not allowed those types of words growing up because we were children. Mm -hmm. And, you know, so um, 
Do you ever feel like the pressure now, I feel like this is something that's more um, stressful than it was when we were growing up, weirdly, is the pressure to have like traditions for your family. I feel maybe it's because we were kids and we didn't notice, but I feel like that's a big thing now. It's like, this is what we do for Christmas and what we do for Thanksgiving and blah, blah, blah. Yeah, I definitely feel that too. I think, you know, my parents were pretty traditional growing up, but because of that, like, you know, that was a good thing for my sister and I, like, like we loved the traditions we created. Um, frankly, I think our struggle, I know my struggle anyway, it's the fact that I'm not doing everything the same way as my parents. I think, I feel like, you know, finding the freedom to be like, it's okay that this doesn't all look the same for as amazing as it looked for, you know, my sister and I growing up. And as much as I'm trying to emulate that when and where I can, I also think that the challenge is finding the freedom to be like, but it's okay if I don't. It's okay if it does look different for my family. It's okay if our traditions do look different than the traditions my parents had for us. You know, Mm -hmm. you think that there's, especially when it is done so well, and my parents really did it so well, that's when the mom guilt kicks in. Because they're like, oh, my mom did it better. Oh, my cookies aren't from scratch. Not every ornament is handmade. You know what I mean? Yeah. Or even, I mean, just the idea that this is what we have to do, uh-huh. you know, like, um, oh, yeah. I don't remember how old I was when my parents got a croquet set, but I huh. think I was around a teenager. And so that became our thing we did. And I'm not saying this is bad. We had a lot of fun, but we, I continued kind of doing that, um, as an adult myself and it got to be almost, it wasn't as enjoyable because it's like, oh my gosh, we've got to get everyone outside and we have to do this because this is our thing that we do. And it was like, <laughs> you know, that you, you can just let it go. You don't have to do that. It's not a big deal. Like I, you know, last year, um, we did not play pro- croquet and the world did not come to an end. <laughs> That's it. Yeah. I completely agree with that. It's, um, we definitely had some traditions that I would love to continue and I plan on bringing back. It's just, I also think that we have to reckon with the fact as, you know, millennial parents that most of us are, I would say at this point, probably, um, you know, we are the generation who, you know, as we were coming of age, our country was hit by a terrorist attack. Mm -hmm. And then as we continued growing up, there was a global recession and oh, don't forget the global pandemic and, Mm -hmm. you know, not to like poor us or anything, but we are dealing and, oh, let's just, you know, mention the economy right now. No, I would say poor us. (laughs) Right. Well, and I I was, I had that conversation with my parents at some point, like it was just, you know, I I think it was surrounding buying a new family vehicle or something like that was like, oh, well you need one. You know, you guys can just, I'm like, this is not raising kids in the nineties. This is not that economy. Our story is not that story. Like everything is harder now and that's okay. And by the grace of God, we're making it work. But I think we also do have to give ourselves a lot of grace with that as parents, as everything we're trying to do and that we blame ourselves for not doing, if we don't get it as perfectly as maybe our parents got it, we're dealing with a lot of stuff here. We are, I feel like, in a sense, trying to survive as parents in ways that, you know, the past couple generations perhaps did not have to just try to survive. I'm not saying that we have it worse than other 
previous generations. But I am saying, you know, I was watching my husband and I are going through Stranger Things again right now. And I was I was <laughs> laughing. It's good stuff, right? I was I was laughing as like we're big whole, Stranger Things fans. We love Stranger Things. There's this whole scene where like it's all the parents in the living room. They're like, when was the last time you saw the kids? I don't know. When did you see the kids? Are the streetlights on? I don't know. When did they call? Did they call four hours, two hours, three? And I'm like, what the heck? What? <laughs> like, how could you just let your kids go out and play? Like, just and be like, be back when the streetlights are like, what? No, no, no. Like, we are helicopter moms because we don't have a choice half the time. And do uh, you know, it's it's funny because that's how I grew up. Definitely how I grew up, like get outside. You're either outside or if you're inside, you better be either reading or doing your homework. You're not watching TV. Right, exactly. Um, And you know what? I would probably do the same thing today. It's not that I'm worried about crime. I'm worried about like some Karen down the street, you know, being like, oh, our kids are outside. (laughs) Mm -hmm. No, I completely get it. It's like, because that's just it too. Like the, 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 the fears and the threats, they come from every angle. On the one hand, you know, if you're trying to let your kids have a little more freedom, like you said, then the Karens are going to come out and be like, and then you, what, CPS gets called on you or something? Like, and then on the flip side, if you are being a little bit stricter with stuff, it's because you're terrified of, I don't know, reading the news that morning. You know, like it's very, it's a very weird time. And I have a very friendly child a very friendly child. I joke that like we took her to the Crayola factory and she tried to leave with three other families, but I'm only half joking. We, we, and this was what did it for me. I knew this person. She had never met this person. We were standing at a stoplight. So West, like I said, I'm, I'm in West Reading all the time for work. So I'm very familiar with all the businesses, the owners of the businesses. So an older gentleman who's, you know, his family owns a lot of businesses. He walks out. I said hi to him because I, I, knew who he was. My daughter, who was standing right next to me without missing a beat, slips her hand in his. He's a complete stranger to her and goes to cross the street with him. Oh and my God. I made eye contact with him and we both just went, oh, oh my like she has no stranger danger. And that's why like I don't I don't I don't mess I don't mess around. I don't mess around with any of that. And I'm also very blessed and I acknowledge my privilege that I work at the school where she attends kindergarten. I'm always around. Poor kid, actually. <laughs> she probably needs more freedom from mom. But it's uh, it's just a strange time to be trying to raise kids and keeping them safe while giving them, you know, the freedom to grow and challenge mm-hmm. themselves that they do need to have. Yeah, and I think that also makes kind of how do I say this in a <laughs> in a good way? Um, it makes things like Thanksgiving, I think, harder. Um, and that's not always a bad thing. You know, like a lot of the narrative that surrounds Thanksgiving, I understand it's not it's not historically accurate. Um, okay. There's a lot of, you know, bad things that get glossed over. Mm-hmm. But mm-hmm. that also makes it kind of this minefield when your your kids come up and they're like, "Oh well, our teachers, you know, look at the little pilgrim and Indian we made." And it's like now you're mm-hmm. having to walk this minefield of how do I how do I handle this in a way that's not going to like traumatize my child, but it's also not going to you know uh, like erase the stuff 
from the past. It's like now, how am I supposed to deal with this now? That's exactly right. And I think that, you know, when we were growing up that nobody talked about that kind of stuff. Oh my gosh. No, never. No. And it's, I think it is so good and it is so healthy that, you know, things are being acknowledged now that should have been acknowledged a long time ago. And Mm -hmm. I am grateful for the fact that, you know, my daughter, your children, you know, they're going to, to know these things. But like you said, you have to be, you have to be tactful. You have to be gentle. You have to handle the conversation with as much grace as you can, because you also have to take into account that, um, I'm trying to also put this delicately. I think with older generations, family members, they don't understand why our generation is now trying to gently be like, okay, let's tell the whole truth and nothing but the truth here. And they're like, well, that's not how we did things. Well, I don't even necessarily blame them for that. It's hard for me to um, remember these kinds of things. Like when you see, you know, some 72 year old boomer who's like going on about his boomerness. <laughs> but at the same the same time, it's like trying to this is like I'm trying to be charitable, you know. Exactly. Exactly. I can only imagine how it would feel being in my 70s and essentially your whole life, everything you've been taught, like your your elementary school and high school, and then in college, like this is what you were raised to believe. And your whole life in the media, this is what you were taught to believe. And then all of a sudden, it's just kind of yanked out from underneath you. Um, mm-hmm. Exactly. I, that can't be easy to reckon with. Um, no. Oh, my gosh. No. no. You know. And I think we were, as some of the first kids, to be raised to ask the hard questions. You know, we were the one of the first generations where blind obedience, you know, children should be seen and not heard, that old mindset, that didn't apply to us. Our parents encouraged questions. They encouraged, mm-hmm. they encouraged transparency. And uh, what a blessing for us, right? But like, like that's not how these older generations grew up at all at all and i think that there needs to be like so much sensitivity around and this leads right back to thanksgiving what's the most stressful part of the meal politics and religion at the table (laughs) and like it's (laughs) and i try to make it very clear that like in my home everyone is welcome we're we're a christian family i try to think about it how you know jesus let everybody at his table nobody was kicked to the curb there and i get frustrated when people try to bring up divisive things on purpose and i have watched mm-hmm. that happen and i say you know especially as you know certain um election years loom on the horizon and i say loom because every time i'm like oh no and i said uh, to my husband you know, that's next year again already. And I like, if I have to get it printed on a welcome mat, a literal welcome mat to put at the door, please wipe your feet and leave your politics here. (laughs) I will buy that mat because I don't want anybody to ever feel uncomfortable in my home. I don't want anybody to ever feel anything less than loved and respected and cherished. And I am so over the nastiness that is just, you know, not my do you have a way, like if someone brings up, you know, like politics, like it's Thanksgiving and everyone's there, like, how do you get it to go away? Do you have like a tactful response? Honestly, I would do my best to just be like, you know what? Not here. Not today. I respect you. 
I, re- I respect your beliefs. My whole thing is, you know, I may not agree with you. I may even think you're wrong, but I respect the journey that got you to that belief. Mm-hmm. I want to hear about that journey because I respect you, right? I might still think you're wrong. Very, 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 very wrong. That's okay. I still want to know why you got there because one thing I've learned as an adult is that everybody has the beliefs that they have right or wrong because of something that happened to them along the way. Mm -hmm. Sometimes it's something simple. Sometimes it's trauma. And I don't want to ever make somebody feel less than because I don't know their story. And so if somebody were to bring something very divisive like that up and it's, it's happened, if it was in my, if it's at somebody else's house, I walk away. I try to defend the underdog. I try, you know, sometimes once in a while, I'll try to slip something in there that is respectful and kind, but it is not my home. And that is up to the people whose house it is. Like, I don't want to step on any toes or myself be disrespectful. If it's in my home, I'm going to be like, not here. This is not what this day is about. This is not what I want my child to see. I think that's a good point where you said, you know, walk away. Like if you're in someone else's house, like you're allowed to do that. I think that that's another thing that um, is hard, you know, like, Hey, you're allowed to like, it's not rude. You know, you can, you can politely excuse yourself and be like, Hey, I'm going to just go take a minute for myself. You know, you guys do what you're going to do. I'll be back in five minutes. I just need to, you know, that's That's okay. I I think also there's a lot of power in saying this is making me uncomfortable. And just, you know, obviously don't storm off in a huff like a toddler, you know, don't have that kind of a reaction. But you you can you are fully entitled to be like, this conversation is making me uncomfortable because I love all of you. I respect all of you. And this is not sounding respectful to me. And I don't want to engage and say something I'm going to regret. So I'm going to peace for a little bit. I'm going to go grab a glass of wine and watch a Christmas movie. <laughs> like, you know, it's okay to step away. It's okay to walk away. and. um uh, but like I said, I do think it does depend, you know, are you hosting? Is this going down at your table or is this because you never know some other people, you know, they love these kinds of discussions. And if, you know, that's how they want to do their Thanksgiving, then wonderful. But you might find me on the couch watching Hallmark. <laughs> oh, yes. There's there's plenty of people that can, you know, have these discussions and it not be like definitely angry thing, you know, so that's you, the more power to you, you know, go for it. But if it is stressful for you, I think that knowing that it's okay to walk away and take a break, um, like that's like, give yourself I think the it, power to do that. Give yourself the power to do that. And, and keep in mind how, uh, how little the folks are who are listening, because that is something that just drives me absolutely bananas as my best friend, Lindsay says is the amount. And, and I see it all the time online the amount of keyboard warriors, I just had to deal with one a week ago, the amount of keyboard warriors, and I do not engage online because I know how futile it is. But the amount of nastiness I see, I'm just like, wow. And you procreated, not to sound mean, but I'm like, this is what your child is seeing you say. And and I'll bet dollars to donuts, if you get a call from your kid's school that they were bullying somebody, you'd be like, oh my gosh, how did that happen? My child's not a bully. Well, have you looked at what you're writing lately? Mm-hmm. And yeah. like, you can be, if, if something is offensive to you, that is okay. You got a couple awesome options here. Well, shoot somebody a private message or give them a call. Don't, you know, spew something on their own page. You never know who they are or what they're dealing with or what they meant by something. This is literally what I had to deal with last week. Or 
you know, the like, unlike, unfollow, unfriend button is at your disposal. If all this is on, if it's in person, you are free to walk. Nobody is making you stay in a relationship with this person. Right. And it's like, I think that if, especially if you're afraid of maybe confrontation or something, you know, like, and that's what's, I'm going to just sit here and I'm going to be quiet and it's stressing me out, but I'm I'm not going to say anything. Cause if I get up and walk away, then people are going to fight. You know what? You don't have to engage in that. No. You know, like, and if, if people, need, you can leave. You and, can and, leave. If, and if somebody is going to like mock you for that, they're not invited next year, you know? Well, and then. If someone is going to mock you for that, then that would say to me, that's someone who does not respect you enough just no. in general, and they shouldn't be in your yeah. life. But that's you know. exactly right. I completely agree with you. If somebody is not going to respect your boundaries, you don't need them. Mm-hmm. The end. And I, yeah. I get very, <clears throat> I get very frustrated because I will say growing up and I, and I think it was in reference to this one family member who I have completely distanced myself from. I could be wrong. I feel like I remember this quote being thrown around because of this person. You know the old quote, blood is thicker than water. Well, mm-hmm. just this year, I actually found out, and I and please like th- th- I'm, this is not the a million percent accurate quote. I, I believe I don't think it was Shakespeare, but it was somebody like Shakespeare. Like it, it, the quote is older than I thought. This year, I found out that that quote has actually been taken out of context. It's not like blood is thicker than water is part of it. The real quote is the blood of the battlefield is thicker than the water of the womb. What Mm. that means is those who bleed with you, those who are willing to die with you, those who engage in your battles by your side, that's your family. Mm. And that was life-changing to me. I was just like, this quote that was like leveled, leveled at me has been misquoted my whole life. And it actually means the opposite. Oh, like that was so great. Like, I know I have been found family for some. I have found family of my own. And it is, I mean, these these are people who I cherish. I don't get to talk to as much as I want, you know. It's but they they are my family. In some cases, you know, one in particular I'm thinking of who doesn't have much family of their own left. And uh, what an honor, what an honor to be chosen to fight with this person, to stand up for this person. I don't believe everything this person necessarily believes, but that doesn't even matter. Still going to be there. Still going to show up on that battlefield every freaking day. So I just thought maybe people would find that interesting. If that's a quote that was leveled at you your whole life, I could try to find the quote and send it to you after after we hang up here. And so you can include that if you want. But uh, that that changed my life this year. And it was just such a confirmation of the fact that, you know, we're all children of God. Ergo, we can all be family if our paths are meant to cross. Yeah, and I think ultimately people just need to remember that a holiday like Thanksgiving, it's not meant to be stressful. You know, like no. I get it's in the name Thanksgiving. It's meant to be <laughs> gratitude. Like you're supposed to be grateful. So, I mean, you don't have to make it into this big, you know, I've got to have 500 family members and the best Thanksgiving dinner and a million traditions, you know, like, Hey, be grateful for what you have and exactly. don't, don't overwhelm yourself with expectations that no one's going to be able to meet. 
Definitely not. And I think, you know, whether your Thanksgiving looks like, you know, the traditional spread and 50 people and, you know, just a, a sparkling clean house, good on you. That's amazing. Maybe instead this year you're ordering pizzas and your tree's already up. I salute you too. However it is, you've got to do it, you know, protect your family's mental health, protect your mental health. And just remember that I think a lot of us stress ourselves out when really people aren't actually expecting as much from us as we think. No, I think that's a good point too, is that, is that our expectations are always higher than other people's are of us. And can I just say how much I think social media, uh, I understand I'm, we all have to use it for work now. I get it. It's, but it sucks. And my catchphrase is always don't compare your behind the scenes footage to somebody else's highlight reel. You because know, I would say that like my mom, so I'm an elder millennial, but my mom had me very young. So she is a Gen Xer. Wow. Um, yeah. So she does not have social media like at all, anywhere okay. of any kind. And okay. I'm always like, kind of, I'm like, you should get on Facebook. And she's like, no. That's my parents. They they (laughs) love that for them because it's such a headache and it's challenging in my line of work. Most of them, I I literally can't not have social media pageantry modeling, especially it's, it's not an option. I tried, I deleted my social media a couple of years back for almost, I I think it was almost a year. And it just got to the point where it was so hard with work because, you know, I'd be on set for something. Oh, can I tag you? Can I share this? Well, I'm like, well, I don't have it. And then I'm losing out on other gigs and stuff. And it just, it got to the point where it was not feasible. And what a shame that, you know, we are so wrapped up in, I mean, technology can be great and everything, but there are so many ways that it is harmed. Well, and I think that that's another thing that you have to be purposeful about when you you know, I, I love having social media because I have, you know, I have a son with down syndrome. So I have all these down syndrome families that I'm close to, you know, but they're all over the country as an example. So it's like, we're able to be in each other's lives, even though we're in like Chicago and Minnesota and Australia and, you know, um, but you have to be intentional where, you know, if someone is stressing you out, you know, and it may not, it's not even any fault of their own, you know, like maybe someone is just, like I said, really good at the tablescapes Mm -hmm. and making their cakes look really pretty, even though mine, you know, they may taste really good, but they look really bad. (laughs) That's making you feel insecure. You know, you're, you, it's okay. If you want to like unfollow, it doesn't mean you dislike that person, you know, like you can give yourself the grace to do that. It's, it's okay. That's exactly right. That's exactly right. And you know, there's something my mom always told me growing up and the older I get, the more true it is. Comparison is the thief of joy. Mm-hmm. And I that? feel like, you know, the holidays, whether it's, you know, you're looking at somebody's gorgeous table or super clean house or picture perfect family where the kids actually smiled for the holiday card. You know what I mean? Or it's like, you know, it's a roughly noon, December 25th. And, you know, somebody got a Lexus with a bow on it in their driveway. You know what I mean? Like there's so much this time of year that can lead to discontent and resentment and stress. And so screw it. It's not what we're supposed to be focused on right now. And what if, what if just hear me out on this. What if we had a holiday season could be Thanksgiving, could be Christmas, could be whatever, where there was no set menu. 
There was no dress code. There was no anything other than, hey, show up, bring something if you want. We'll have some stuff here. Not even sure what we'll have, a bowl of food. <laughs> there will be things to eat. And, you know, we just want you to come. We're going to sit around the fire and we're going to share what we're thankful for. We might pop a movie on, but zero expectations. No gifts exchanged. No set anything. Yeah, this How, is not an Instagram Thanksgiving. This is a real person Thanksgiving. This is a real person Thanksgiving. This is a, you know, we'll eat, but there's no stipulations on what we eat. We just want you here. We just want to be present with you and not like hovering around the kitchen all afternoon because we have to make this perfect dish and then we can't enjoy spending time with our family. So for years, my ideal Thanksgiving involves some sort of sandwich and the Lord of the Rings extended edition marathon. No football, <laughs> just Lord of the Rings. All day long. You can imagine how popular I am with my family. <laughs> my husband would love that. He loves all the Lord of the Rings movies, and he's been trying to get our kids to get into uh, it. I, I actually, uh, in, in high school, I knew how to sing in Elvish, and I walked down the aisle to uh, the piece of music from called Concerning Hobbits from the Fellowship of the Ring. That is amazing. I, when I heard that song as a kid, I'm like, I'm going to walk down the aisle to this someday, and I did. So yeah, big, big, uh, big Lord of the Rings fans here. I kind of wanted to name my daughter Galadriel and I got overruled, but (laughs) (laughs) fortunately for her, I suppose. Okay. So to wrap up, let's, is there one more thing you would, um, what would be like the one ultimate tip you would give people for Thanksgiving this year? I think my ultimate tip would be What makes you the most thankful? Your kids, your spouse, your parents. Maybe it is a great meal. That's great. Maybe maybe it is a clean house. Maybe it is doing none of the above and instead spending the day at a soup kitchen. What would fill your heart with so much thankfulness? You'd be like, this was a good day. And you might not be able to answer that right away. I know I couldn't. I'd have to sit with that for a bit. Sit with it. You've got almost a week and then do that. Even if that upends. That's like, I don't think I've ever heard someone describe like that kind of, you know, how to plan your Thanksgiving. I mean, and it's, it's so odd. Like you said it now and it's like super obvious, like what makes you most thankful? Like stop and think about that. And that needs to be your focus. I don't think even though it's called Thanksgiving, most people do that. No, definitely not. It's, It has become a day of societal norms and expectations, which for some people that does make them thankful. And I love, my husband is one of those people. He is one of those people. I mean, the tree does not go up until the day after Thanksgiving. I've gotten a little wiggle room now where the tree will like be removed from the basement the morning of, and then put up after the meal. But you know, 10 years of marriage, you gotta, you gotta have a little bit of compromise here. But yeah, I think, and I'm preaching to myself here too. Like I, I want, I want to sit with that. And be like, okay, well, I can tell you one thing that I will never forget um, was my husband and I, it was, I think it was very early on into our marriage. We woke up really early. Of course, this was pre-kiddo, but we woke up really early on Thanksgiving day. We went out and we got a bunch of donuts and we went to our local police station and we brought all these donuts. Oh. Like, I want to bring that back. That is where... I feel thankful is when I'm looking at people who for like they're working that day. Like this is just me personally. And I'm like, let me take care of you. This is not Aww. a turkey a meal I cook because you probably wouldn't want to eat it, but I'm, <laughs> I'm going out and like, that's how I want to spend my day. 
I would love to spend my Thanksgiving personally, not at home around a table. I'd love to be out running around, you know, giving toys to kids who don't have families, bringing donuts to people. Now, like my mom already has plans this year and we're going there. So (laughs) I can't do that this year, but I would love to have something like that someday. So whatever it is. And like I said, maybe, you know, maybe you're more like my husband where that like super traditional aspect is that does fill you with joy. I love that for you, but maybe it doesn't. Maybe it's actually like a thief of joy. And if it is, you might have to sit with that and be like, I don't know. I don't know what that would take. So, So rest there for a while until you do. Try to make it about rest instead. Rest for you and rest for your soul. That's our episode for this week. New episodes will drop every Monday. Make sure to subscribe so you never miss out. Leave us a review and share to help other moms find us. Thanks for stopping by the Fireflies and Whoopie Pie podcast, the only podcast by South Central PA moms for South Central PA moms. Until next time.